Sorry about that. Here we go. One, two, uh, uh, uh. Welcome, everybody, to Hollywood Godfather Podcast. We're in our sixth season. Can't believe over 100 hours. I want to thank my co-host, Pat Picciarelli. Good evening, everybody. And my co-writer. And our Millennium, Megan Horan. And tonight, I'm... Come on, Megan, say something. Hey, how are we doing tonight, guys? Good. Well, I'm really excited because I have a friend of mine who's been a friend of mine long before the motion picture to Godfather. I sat in many of his audiences, rolling on the floor, and I'm happy to say we're still very close friends, although he's now living in Vegas. He moved to Vegas, and I moved out of there. Something. Mr. Pat Cooper, the one and only Pat Cooper. How are Pat you, Cooper. John? How are you, Johnny? Unbelievable, my man. Unbelievable. No, it's, 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 you know, I don't see it that often, but uh, you have become history, and I got very jealous because at the close-ups, my, my makeup fitted me perfectly. <laughs> you are unbelievable. You're one of a kind, and I don't say this and make it up. You are one of a kind. Uh, you kept this movie going, and your scenes... Well, it's something important. People started to look about you, and you went and continued your career, and you're just still there. You didn't quit on a great movie. You were surrounded with that great movie, and in my personal opinion, you know, for you and me, nobody would have done what you've done with that movie. You got that movie alive. It's getting alive and uh, on the repeats, and uh, and and uh, you became very important because a lot of people don't do what you do, and that's what made you special. And I love you for that. And people that don't know you got to know you better. And if it's another couple of years, Robert De Niro is going to get Ajita. <laughs> <laughs> I think you already because got you Ajita. Don't, you don't overplay anything. You underplayed your life to this point, and it works. No, it that's works. the beauty. It works natural. You know, it's funny. And that's what that's what made you in that movie happen. Well, I appreciate that coming from you because you're an old thespian also. It's not from me, my friend. It's from the people. I bump into people and I say, "Do you know Johnny Russo?" They say. Everybody knows Johnny Russo because his stamp got into that movie as he was in it. He got bigger by being in that movie. Everybody thought he had even more hours in that movie. But what he did was a lot, a lot of acting at the right time. You fit. Even when they strangled you in the car, they loved you. I still take and, glass uh, out of my you, shoes. You know, you just sit and walk away and say, I wonder what's next. No. You didn't have anything next. You didn't have to. That was, um, you made an, a, a career out of this again. <laughs> Thank God. 
How? Well, I know it. I know the kind of guy you are, and I know the kind of guy you moved to Vegas, and uh, you had a life, yeah. and you still got a life. I mean, God, I'm 91 years old, and uh, the, the makeup don't work no more. <laughs> you look great, my man. You look great. Well, that's you know a, a little physical work. That's what it is. <laughs> they, they, you know, they fix the nose, they fix the hair, and the ears, and the, I'm really looking like Clark Gable's brother, unable. <laughs> oh my gosh! But you, you're loving Vegas. <laughs> I'm sorry. You love living in Vegas again. I moved back with a lovely lady, and uh, I moved. I I got there the first time, 1963. I worked with Bobby Rydell. No, Bobby. Bobby. Vinton. I I'm not, I don't know. I'm so old I forget. I I worked with about 19 Bobbies. Oh, you worked you worked Bobby for Bobby Darren. Vinton too. Bobby Darren, you worked with all the Bobbies. Yeah, he gave me 11 minutes. I was working like 40 minutes around the towns wherever I was working, and I went back to 11, I almost thought my career was over. <laughs> because they had, a t they had a clock in the floor to make sure I did only 11. That is because funny. Because Bobby Darren would have got argued. And look what happened so to him. I'm, he had a heart attack I'm, I'm, in his I'm, 30s. I'm, I'm, <laughs> go ahead. No, I said Bobby had a heart attack in his 30s, so look what happened to him. <laughs> Well, it's a sad thing because, you know, uh, I don't know. I I got to say something to you that maybe a lot of people don't tell you. You enjoy who you are. Oh. You are Gianni Russo, nobody else. Yeah. You're not trying to be Clark Abel. You're not trying to be De Niro. You are yourself. And you are one of a kind and uh, people don't hang around with you because you're never around. Yes. You're always doing something. You go on the stage, you sing, you talk. You became you became yourself without even trying. It was easy. All you said was up, Johnny Russo, and all of a sudden, what you did in the you know in the Godfather, it's uh, something you should be very proud of. I am. Thank you. I really am. And uh, you know, when you're a good guy, and you, you know, you still, you, you know, you, you're not retired. You can't retire. Your kind of guy can never retire. You I, were in, in Vegas. You, you met a lot of good people. You, you had a career that was up and down, but you never gave up. And uh, there's people got bigger parts than you in that movie, and they remember you. And because you went out of, of the country and when you're singing and you told them about your part in the movie and everybody found you, you're easy to find in that movie. Yep. Thank God. I remember the first time we met. Do you remember, Pat? Uh, was it your bar, wasn't it? Yeah, that was so funny. No, that, it, was in, it was in my house bar on, Las, on, on the Las Vegas Country Club. Remember I had the house next to Mo Dalitz? And you, you, oh, you're the guy that had the head bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> you didn't wear the makeup for the house. <laughs> no, are you, I mean. I remember, how many years ago is that, Johnny? 54 years ago. God bless you, and you're only 56. How did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I tell you, that was such a fun night. But you know something, a lot of people were scared of you, Johnny. Thank God. 
<laughs> and that, no, but I'm saying it really wasn't that. You know, you never. You, I never got that from you. No, All no. I got from you was busting your chops and uh, meeting you in Vegas and uh, meeting you was meeting somebody. You know, Bobby Darren's and uh, all these kind of guys. And uh, you're still here, and uh, you're going to be here when you're gone because you're, you know, you're a nervous wreck. <laughs> you're not used to laying down, so you'll stand up dead. Don't worry about it. You're a good-looking guy, and you, 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 your career, this book is, a, is so great. The cover is great. It's uh, Everything is good. You got the narrative. I would have took that off. I'd have put him inside. Well, that, that was before he started talking so much. No, 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 no. I wouldn't share that success with him. He wouldn't share you, you know, anything to you. You're a special guy, and I'm not doing that, Bobby. You're a special guy, more so than De Niro. Well, if you were but Robert De Niro, you would be having to forget about it. You'd be the greatest, greatest star of all time. But he lost it. Oh, he lost it. I worked with him. I was proud to work with him. But uh, well, I yeah, don't know. You, no. you did you a lot of great movies. Happy. That's so important, Johnny. Oh, I'm ecstatic. People like you. And uh, De Niro, for some reason, I don't know, for all the success, I pray to God I said he stays healthy, even, you know, because he don't look too good. No, he's angry. He's angry. He's not angry. I know him when he was angry. <laughs> he can't be angry. He's not an angry. He wanted to beat up a Rocky Graziano. Did you know this? No, tell me that. Yeah, that was up uh, at the Radio City Musical. They had a big benefit. And he said, he's lucky I didn't lose my time. You wanted to beat Rocky Graziano. I said, what? <laughs> The guy gave me I a said, you want to put, I said, Rocky Graziano with his hands tied would knock you dead. Yeah, he's so I crazy. said, Rocky Graziano was more popular than being a fighter. He had a personality like you. Only body, there's only one you, there was only one Rocky Graziano. Yeah, yeah. But you know something? They don't get it. They don't get it. You be, were a movie star there. But then you went on the stage and you danced and you did this, you did that, and you had a life and uh, you know uh, you, you, you're one of a kind. And uh, they said, if you die, who you want to come back? I said Johnny Russo, <laughs> but I said under one condition, I will not wear snits. <laughs> Slipping from the stage. <laughs> you have the greatest stage walk than anybody. When you walked on, they said, look at that guy. Look at those shoes. I said, they're not shoes. They're his slips. His slippers, he can't fall down. <laughs> and, you you know, we worked uh, <laughs> in New York. Oh, my God. But it's, you, 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 you have your own, your own, you. No one can do you. That's the beauty. A lot of people trying to do De Niro and everybody else and uh but you became special. You're still around enjoying your success. Nope. You made your success. The Godfather didn't give you a sin. Then we got Johnny here special. You became special because you weren't going to just be pushed aside and maybe put you on a horse and say, he's a cowboy now. <laughs> hey, I, I pay to see that, man. 
<laughs> you see, I get the thing. You see, I have an imagination. That's why I, I, I you know, I never knew I was a comic. Everybody said, uh, he's not a comic. He has imagination. But I said, if I didn't have an imagination, I wouldn't be in the show business. And I was off the wall. I made mistakes. My mistakes made me popular because I did things and said things that I shouldn't have done. And but you know something? And when I look at you, I said, he said what he wanted to say. He did what he wanted to say. He's still walking the street, but not with the slippers. Oh, yeah. It's still with the slippers. I wear them. How many people you have over your house, and you make dinner for them, and oh, you yeah. have the time for that, and uh, people want to come and sit in your company because they know you're you're, you're a stand-up guy, and uh, you know that's such a you know you're a man's man. When someone calls you a man's man, it don't get better than that, Johnny. And I'm not doing that because we're on your television show. You're a man's man, and a lot of people should be jealous of you. Why? No, they should try to be your friend. Because the older you get, the stronger you get. And to write this book, you know, that's... Uh, oh, yeah. You, uh, I'm sure people say, what do you want to write a book about? And you said, I'm, when I write a book, it's going to be written. And it's good, and it's the top, and that's uh, you can't ask for more than that. And now- people ask me, say, Pat, if you had to come back, who you want to be? I said, Johnny Russo. I said, without the slippers. <laughs> <laughs> And they said, Johnny, you, you know Johnny Russo? I said, yeah. Do you know Robert De Niro? I said, I used to. But when you know Johnny Russo, one time you never forget him. Because you walk into a, cl- a club and there he is with a group singing. And he holds his tune. He holds his tune. He, you know, he knows how to sing. So that's the beauty. He's not asking to, uh, you know, to... To, to bluff you, he said, this is me. And if he got a little bit tired, he would say, I'm tired. That's all. Yeah. And uh, he, he's a great autographer, and he's a great storyteller about his career. And, uh, you know, and, um, and listen, your, your personal life, I, I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> because my personal life was, I was, I was taller than you. <laughs> Well, now you got Emily. Anybody Johnny Russo, you, you just be careful. <laughs> so, and I do. And I, uh, I wish I was in New York. I miss New York, but it's not like it used to be. But uh, that's uh, that. That's another story. Vegas was the greatest thing. That that, that it's over. Yeah. It's not like we knew Vegas when I came here in 1963. It was 1963. I came here. 1970, I bought a 15-room house for $106,000, wow. brand new. And uh, I bought a family here, and uh, and I worked with the biggest stars in the world. Now they're going to always say, did you ever work with Frank Sinatra? And I said, yes, and I tried to get out of the job because I'll say it on your show, Johnny, and I don't know, you know, con you. I didn't belong there. I had just, you know, made a little bit of a name, and when his mother asked me to do a favor, I did a benefit for her. Next thing I know, in January, I'm going to work with Frank Sinatra, and I try to get out of it, because I didn't belong, John. I know my strengths and my weaknesses. I knew when to walk out of the room and when not to go into the room. 
So that's and interesting. And I learned that, and I said, I'm going to bomb here. And I was bombing every night. The only ones that loved me were the, uh, was, was, was the orchestra. <laughs> you know, the... Uh, that's funny. Who was my orchestra? Count Basie. Count Basie. I know. You had the best. They were waiting for me to go up and see me tell the audience I'm going to bomb. That's... And I called Frank Sinatra's mother who got me the job, and I said, Mrs. Senora, please forgive me. I don't belong here. She goes, they love you, Pat. What's the matter with you? I said, and then I went over to one of the guys that runs the, the, the scenes. I said, can you, you know, come back maybe in another couple of years? And they said, what's the matter with you? You're killing the people. I said, yeah, nobody's laughing. I said, and when Frank Sinatra said to me, he called me in the room. That's the only words I said to him. He said, listen, Pat, when you go out there, don't talk to the audience. I said, Frank, no disrespect to you. I don't tell you how to sing. Don't tell me how to be funny. Wow. And that was the last word I spoke to him three years later. Remember Vinny? Vinny uh, uh, Balcone? Huh? Vinny, Vanilla. Oh, Vanilla. Yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. Did you know Vinny Panella? Of course. Oh, had, Johnny. He had the, the, the pizza parlor right down the block here. Yeah, he had the restaurant. Yeah. He calls me, and I had an apartment here, and he calls me and says, Frank wants to talk to you. I says, after three years, he wants to talk to me. And he came with his wife, and he said, Pat, my wife said to me, you were so nice to her before you came to, you know, to the sands with me. And I apologize. He says, I didn't talk to you. I said, well, there was not much to say. And a friend, I won't say the neck, you know, the whole name. A friend of his was in the place, was in the, was a, a little guy called Louis. Louis Dome, man. And he said yeah. to Frank, "This is not Pat Henry. This is Pat Cooper. There's a difference." <laughs> <laughs> and I don't put, I'm not putting that Pat Pat, Pat down. Yeah. But I, uh, I said, you know, they said he comes from the street. I said that's where I come from. But I'm not a tough guy. I'm not a wise guy. But I have to I have to say I wanted to go home. He said, but you stood the whole he said, No. When you went away for four days, they put me downstairs in the basement. I said, and uh, there was about ten people down there and then they wanted me to work with Dean Martin for the four days that he was gonna take some archer's place. And Dean did not take the job and uh, I was downstairs and uh, I, I I couldn't get laughs upstairs and ten people there were they wanted to know where the bathroom was. <laughs> I don't believe it. Uh, that's yeah. honest. And, uh, and I said, that's the end. And, and everybody said he's not going to work anymore. And uh, that's not true. I, I don't know who worked more in Vegas than I did. You I are... worked with every major star there. I know that. I was, and uh, I, I, and I say you. that uh, every time I, I get up in the morning, I say, I can't believe that I got this far and everybody that's in show business wanted to open in Vegas. They wanted to be in Vegas. Uh, we were prob proud that we worked in Vegas because Vegas is not what we knew. Now the big, big, big stars, if they want to work Vegas, have to four wall the room. You want to work, you know, the Sands or whatever, the oh, old yeah. Sands or anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Or the Sahara, you got to buy the room. Yep. It ain't going to pay you no more. They say, you want to come here? Yeah. Give me X amount of dollars for the room and you stay here. Yep. It's a new ball game. You know, the million dollars things is over. Yep. You know, unless you're a great, great rock star, 
You're not going to get the money no more. No. But you did it smart. You don't need the money, my friend. No. You don't need that's, the money. That's what people never realize. I never need the and, money. <laughs> uh, nobody ever heard you say, geez, I, uh, I guess things are not happening. It's happening while you're sitting down talking to me. No. That's special for me. Because you don't go out with everybody. You got friends, you take them off to dinner. But you're a special friend of mine. And whenever we bumped into each other, there was a good feeling. Oh, no. A good feeling. That's right. I looked up to you because I saw something from you that it took people a couple of extra weeks to say, holy God, this guy is not great in, in the movies. He's great when he sings, when he comes out, he's personable. And you carried yourself... You know, you could talk like a gangster all you wanna. You know the place of gangsterisms. You know where they are. You know where you're supposed to be. And that's where you, where you are now. With a hit book, you're still working. And if New York don't open up, it's not, you didn't miss anything. You worked all around New York and oh, all around yeah. the country. Well, I'm, fortunately, I'm doing a 10-hour mini-series of, of my book now. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you, John. Uh, they're making a 10-hour miniseries out of my book. Listen, listen. You're going to do your book that way, your way. If we can get your charisma into that, you know, because your book is you. Yep, yep. Now, if we can get that, if that can get you on the screen, letting people know who Johnny Russo is, you know, and you, I know, whatever they print there, you'll be around to make sure it's printed right. And that the, the feeling of you on that screen has to be you. Yep. It's going to be. Know, there's not a lot of Johnny Russo's around. But because, you, you know, you, you're still in. You're still in. Guys are losing their jobs. Guys don't give a damn anymore. You still give a damn. You know, and you still say, you know, this is, this is with, you had a great, great career and it hasn't stopped. No, I retired you. because I, I uh, you know, I had enough. It's, it's finished. Well, you did, did so many years. I made mistakes. My mistakes made me help because I would say things I should have kept my mouth shut. <laughs> but, you know, something by telling the truth, it, it helped me. And I made friends and I lost friends. I just worry that I don't lose you, my buddy. Never happened. I love you. You know well, that. Well, you know, I just, uh, yes, you're still in New York? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, maybe you're going to be the next governor. I don't want, I don't know. Thank you. I don't want to be any, I'm not That's, a politician. No, they want to do his life story, Gavone. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be great if, if they make it a musical. There you go. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what he no, wants. because I know the father. I knew the father. When the father was running for for, for the presidency, someone said to the father, "They said your father was a gangster." And he said, "I don't want to run for president. No one calls my father a gangster." Oh, I know. And he quit. That was Mario. I know, man. And I knew Mario before he came became the governor. And he came to see me work with his wife, a wonderful lady. She's still alive. I just saw I her. I two sons. I, uh, I, I, once in a while, I listen to Nick on the CNN, and he doesn't know who he is. No, that kid's a man. So I was going to send him, you know, a picture of me, so if he knows who I am, then he's got some life left. 
because none of these guys with all their education don't have growing ups like we have. They'll never be that again. No. Never be Brooklyn no more, Bar Bronx anymore. They'll never be all those places no more. We had parents that were tough, and they said, no, that's it. And when dinner was 6 o'clock at night, not 5 after. If it was 5 after 6, the door was closed. No. And today they called that with us. That's disrespectful. No. No. The father says, I want to make sure my kid's sitting at the table before I get home. And uh, we listened to what they said, and, uh, you know, it didn't turn you too bad. You're doing okay. Yeah. And uh, I'm doing okay. I'm 91 years old. God I bless. didn't expect to get this far. I met I met my wife, and uh, she was smarter than me, and uh, she helped me with my health. And I, I, I'm five, six years more than I should be. And it's not it's not a shame to say something about someone that's helping you. Emily, I didn't think I needed help, but when I got you know I started getting colds and chest pains and all that. But one thing, I didn't, I didn't get a heart attack. They said I'm not expensive enough. <laughs> <laughs> and my doctors always say, you do what I say and listen to wife. And she's got a book on me and, you know, about my pains, my aches. And, uh, and uh, now Emily's a and great woman. And over, but, the, the, you know, I the had new the... couple of years I got I'm, I'm because of her. And uh, you know her better than I. She's yeah. a good lady. Yeah, and I've known her for smart. many, many years before and, you met, uh, actually. I don't know what else to tell you, Johnny. No. I got, um, I just got, to, you pick my day up to do because I don't do much. Uh, you know, I couldn't, I, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't, I couldn't even rob. <laughs> Guy says, you, you, all you got to do is say, stick them up. And I went, get them up. <laughs> <laughs> and my father said, what's that? I said, well, I want to be a gangster. Get them up. <laughs> that was the end of my <laughs> how, how many know, movies? I wish I, see, if I had a brand, I wouldn't be. You wouldn't even call me. How, how you many? You wouldn't even call me because you got no time for nonsense. Are you can. How, how but, many? Uh, how many movies you did you make? TV thing now. If you get it in color, you know, uh, maybe the second time I'll see what you look like again because uh, <laughs> I'm not talking to you on the phone, and my wife here is my director. She's telling me, "Hurry up! You're getting boring." No. <laughs> how how many movies did Nine you make? When Pat? you talk to Johnny, you don't get boring because he won't allow you. Hey Pat, how many he movies did you make? You. We just say, Pat, it's uh, it's already Sunday. I think it's time to uh, <laughs> go to church. How many and movies today, did you make? We don't have to go to church anymore because the governor says we don't have to go to church. Oh yeah. <laughs> when I didn't go to church, I thought I I talked to God at night. I said uh, I'm not a big you know Catholic, but I don't go to church. And now that I have a chance not to go to church, I, I, I'm, I'm mad at the guy that took away our, our religion. Yeah, it's but amazing. that's another story. And uh, I was going to sing my, 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 my big record, but right now I, the piano player didn't come in. <laughs> <laughs> but now he called me. He says, I didn't know this was what Johnny Russo he said. I says, well, Johnny can't handle two people like me. I said, and I can't handle two people like him. That's why we're friends. Yeah. I said. That's for sure. Slip is magic. Magic. And Johnny, you have a happy, healthy, and I hope to bump into you soon. Pat, love you so much, man. Always. We never had, I mean, every night that we were out together it was fun. And they asked for your promola. They, when I walked by there, they said, when's Pat coming back in? I said, I don't think so. 
God bless you. Johnny, don't let nobody change you. You can't be changed. It's impossible. I love you, Pat. Thank you so much. It's impossible because this story, this story is the truth. Yep. I wrote a book, That's the Truth, and they said, you should have put music in it. (laughs) But uh, I wrote a good book, but I didn't write a book to sell it. I wrote a book just to say I could write a book. And uh, I wrote a book, and uh, I gave the books away, and I loved it. And I found out I made more friends by giving the books away. I mean, for their birthdays, for Christmas, for anybody wanted it, I just mailed it to them. And it was, uh, it made me feel something extra that I could write a book. And uh, you wrote your book and you did it yourself. And I did mine myself. And uh, maybe tomorrow we'll have to write a book together. There we go. But I hate to tell you this, I'm taller than you. You always have been. (laughs) (laughs) And tell that lady that I, I don't have the pleasure of watching her. And the gentleman who's your director. No, he's my I co-writer. I care about you and hope the next time we see we're still around the country. God bless you, buddy. God bless you. Thank, Thank you, you so Pat. much. God bless Thank you. you. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a fast commercial break, and we'll be right back. Today's show is being sponsored by Cordelione Fine Italian Food Products. This sponsor really means a lot to me. Cordelione Fine Italian has taken the heart and soul of the Godfather films and created a line of food products that include pasta sauce, balsamic vinegar from Modena, Italy, Genco extra virgin olive oil from Sicily. They created delicious pasta sauces, marinade, tomato basil, arrabbiato, and my favorite, Clemenza's meat sauce. You will be amazed. You will think your grandmother made the sauce herself. CorleoneFineItalian.com That's CorleoneFineItalian.com And we're back. Is it, All right. Is it time for the mailbag? It is time. Let's get to it. Right. Very on topic with our guest this evening. First question is from Levi. Levi says, what are some must-dos when in Vegas these days? Uh-huh. Who knows now? Who who's when in was Vegas? Last time you were there, I was there for for our book tour at the Mob Museum. So that was sometime in April last year. Oh, okay. So I'm, it's about a year right. and a half ago. Right, right. Yep. And that was huh. a change down then. Now with this pandemic, it's amazing what's going on. All right. Next is from Tony. Tony says, Johnny and Pat, if you could have dinner with one person who died, who would it be and why? Me first? Marilyn Monroe. I'd like to have one more dinner with her. Oh. She's somebody I really miss a lot and totally misread, misunderstood by the world. For me, it would be Winston Churchill. She doesn't look as good as Marilyn. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> I always admired the guy, and I thought uh, he got he got shortchanged at the end of his life. He, he basically saved the world, in my opinion. And after the war, the English people, the English voters, it, with great uh, lack of wisdom, actually voted him out of office. So I don't know. I, I just I've read numerous books on his life and. If, uh, if if I had a choice, I would I'd like to sit down and have a couple of cocktails with him. I understand that he uh, 
liked to drink occasionally. Oh, did he? There's one line, one line about Winston Churchill that always, I, I always reminded me, uh, remind me of him, because he said, "Tell me what a man owes, and I'll tell you what he's worth." <laughs> he had a lot of good quotes, old Winnie. Yeah, great guy. Moving on. All right, next one is from Paul. Paul says, Johnny and Patrick, what are your all-time favorite restaurants in New York City? Oh, I have a couple. Angelo's is the first one I think about. It's the first, first one I saw as a kid walking down Mulberry Street. And it's still there, thank God. They just reopened after they burned the down. I enjoyed the most. Uh, I was an adult at the time. I mean, the, the, the restaurant Johnny speaks of, and a lot of restaurants in, in, uh, in Little Italy. Uh, you know, I, I grew up down there, so I, I, I loved them all. But as an adult, there was a place on West 72nd Street called Mrs. J's Sacred Cow. Have you ever been, Johnny? No. It was a steakhouse slash jazz joint. Uh, all the waiters and the waitresses were... Uh, uh, actors, uh, you know, trying to, you know, make it in the business. Right. Uh, I knew the owners so well. And when I went into the, the, the private eye business and couldn't afford an office, I used that place as my office. They used to answer the phone for me. That's <laughs> it, funny. It was a great place. Uh, Mrs. J was uh, Mrs. Jeffries, Ruth Jeffries. She passed away quite a while ago, but she, what a joint she ran. And it was I never up. heard of it. Mrs. J's? Mrs. J's. On 57th? 72nd. Oh, 72nd. Yeah, between uh, between West End and Broadway. Oh, on the west side. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, great, yeah. great jazz joint. A lot of nice memories. That's food great. Too. They had good food, though. Actually, well, it was a steakhouse, but she got the best. Absolute yeah. best. All right. All right. Next one is from Vinny. Gianni, can you tell us your best Dean Martin story? Oh, my God. Yeah. I've, I've, I have so many. I mean, Dean was one of a kind, man. He was such, I mean, to me, well, he taught me how to dress, number one. The slippers that our guest, Pat Cooper, was just talking about, he gave me my first pair. I've never stopped wearing them, and they're most comfortable. And a lot of it had to do with my early affliction with my left side, because I don't like heavy uh, leather shoes. My, my That foot bothers me the most. So when I found these, these are the best. But Dean, you know, the, the funniest thing that I could remember was we were at, at uh, wasn't, wasn't uh, Mateo's. It, it was um, on, on Sunday night. I forgot the name of the place, amazing place, but it was another place like Sunday night. We went there one night, and we were already drinking already at Mateo's, and we stopped to have a last drink there. And we were pretty loud, and this lady came over to him especially. And I'm, I'm, we're talking about Sinatra, me, Sammy. You know, I was, I was nobody, these major stars. Chasen's was the name of the place, Chasen's. And this lady came, she said, you know, Dean, you're loud and you're always drunk. And he says, you know what, lady? I'm drunk and you're right. But tomorrow morning when I sober up, guess what? You're still going to be ugly. <laughs> I love that line because this lady was ugly. 
right, next one is from Vincent. Hi, Gianni. Was wondering, did you know of this guy, Ori Spado, the quote-unquote mob boss of Hollywood? Never had heard of him before his Michael Franzi spot and his book. Spat, sorry. Michael Franzi spat in his book. Michael Franchese? Well, it must be a young kid, whoever. Michael is younger than himself. Ori Spado. I've never heard of him. I think that we've had a question about him before. Really? Yeah, we did. Possibly. And, uh, we didn't hear from then, and we still haven't heard of him. We still haven't heard of him. We still don't know who he is. And, uh, who, who, he wrote his own book about being a mobster? Yeah. That's interesting. Interesting. Well, I guess that proves how legit he is. Yep. Next. All right. Next is from Karen. Karen says, hi, this question is for Gianni. Besides Megan and Patrick, who are Gianni's top three celebrities that he has ever met slash known? <laughs> Cheers, Karen. I can't believe I was included. <laughs> well, that's very nice. That question as a possible celebrity, but go ahead. Well, I mean, I, I, I was always, I, I, I had a, a great mutual feeling and friendship for Andre Bocelli. And Andre Bocelli, who you know, I'm still friends with, but most people don't know, his mother forced him to study music and voice because he wanted to be a soccer player. And at the age of 12 years of age, he got hit in a soccer game and he lost his sight. And if it wasn't for his mother making him study music, we wouldn't even know Andre Pacelli at all. And I always liked that because I have such a, a sympathy for 12-year-olds. Like, I, my life changed when I was 12 and people like that. But to make, you know, he went blind at 12, which has to be devastating after seeing. You know, being born blind, you, you know nothing different. So, I mean, uh, he, he, uh, he always impressed me and still does. Said top three. You have more uh, choices oh, if you have any. Oh no, I don't. I, I don't admire that many people. <laughs> I don't think I know three people that I really admire <laughs> at one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, then that's a good one. Then that's a good answer. All right. Next is from Francisco. Francisco says, "Hello, Megan. I had a question for Mr. Russo. He's been in Hollywood and music industry for a while now." Which one does he feel is the toughest to be in, in his opinion? In this world, I think they all are. I mean, you have to have a very special craft right now. If it's acting or if it's music, how are you going to break in? I mean, it's not like it used to be. You don't have the amateur hour shows. You don't have anything that, you know, you could say, I'll... Well, I, I guess I should take that back. All these... I could sing and dance all these other shows, but I don't. I don't know how do you get in this business anymore. I was very lucky. I I can't say you know I had any trouble getting in. My first part was in The Godfather, and after that, here I am. I'm still going. So I, I'm the wrong person to ask, because you know it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Do you have an agent? No. You go try to get an agent. They said do you have a movie, and I used to say, well, if I had a movie, I don't need you. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Hmm. All right. Next is from Dean. Gianni, when was the last time you were in Philadelphia, and what do you know about the mob there? 
I was in Philadelphia not too long ago. As you know, I was on my way down to see my good friend, Ingelbert Humperdinck, just before they closed that down. And uh, I, I stopped through Philadelphia because I don't drive. And you were the one to tell me to take the train there and then take the train down to Atlantic City, which I did. And then I wound up stopping in Philadelphia that night on the way home and just went down to the old neighborhoods. And nobody was around, but uh, I like Philadelphia. I still do, actually. Me too. <laughs> Are you sure? All right, next. <laughs> what was that? You should. You go there a lot. <laughs> That's true. It's my, it's my home. All right, next is from Beth. Gianni, what is your favorite business venture you've ever done? Um, my favorite one? Yeah. It's probably the one I'm in now. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very excited about my clothing line. You know, unfortunately, I have like seven businesses. But like anything else, it gets old after a while. But this is this. Why I'm excited about this? I created it. I designed the clothes. I sewed the samples. It was something I was doing. I wanted to do it, and now during the pandemic, I devoted more time on it. And I'm saying, you know, we launch it in February 2021, La Casa Mia. So very exciting. Yep. Hurry up! They're coming to get the, me. We got the sounds of New York behind you there. I'm going to take you away. There you go. <laughs> All right. Last one for tonight is from Michael. Gianni, without getting into any specifics about politics and things like that, how do you feel living in NYC is like for you right now? Well, you know, I can't say it's uh, the worst time in my life because the worst time in my life was 1949 to 1953 when I had the, the pandemic then with polio. And then we've seen these changes in the 70s, the 80s. I mean, the, the two twin towers going down. Well, you know, we've been a victim of so much through the years. And fortunately, New Yorkers, we survive, man. We'll, we'll make it out of this one, too. So I, I would have to say, for me, the worst time, well, there was three or four times, and I just mentioned them all. We'll make it again. All right. Well, that's all I have for tonight. Well, good. We're good. We're done. And to all our listeners out there, please send your reviews in. We are so happy that we're over 100 hours of doing this, 100 hours of sheer pleasure. And thanks to you for allowing us to do it. But we'd like to be bigger. So, Pat, Megan, well, see you next week. Good night, okay. everybody. Good night. Good night, guys. Love this music. Woo! If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be around. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. 
You can contact Gianni Rousseau, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, HollywoodGodfatherPodcast.com. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-303. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, GianniRousseau.com. Welcome to Feinstein's. I love being here, man. It's so much fun all the time being here. Yeah, 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 yeah.